We're in a series called This I Believe. And so we've examined different things that kind of pillars of what Christianity is. We've examined how to share your faith and not be creepy. We've talked about how to, um, how to engage with the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about communion. We talked about end time stuff. This week, we're talking about baptism. Baptism, baptism, baptism. And if you've grown up around here, we probably can, we can share all kinds of different views on what baptism looks like. Some of you were baptized as an infant. Some of you were baptized as an adult. Some of you were baptized as a child. And so what does that all mean? What does that all look like? And what happens here at this church? Those are great questions. Sit tight. You'll find out the answers. All right. So we're going to talk about baptism today. This is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful object lesson that God gives us. We talked about communion last week, and it really becomes this object lesson of understanding the death and resurrection of Christ. And baptism goes along with it, this understanding of what repentance is and what the old being gone and the new coming comes from. All right. As we talk about this, I believe we've centered on this one central thought for the whole series, and we're going to continue to do so um, for a good part of the summer. But it's this sentence, what we believe dictates how we act, and how we act dictates how others see us. And baptism is the same way it falls into this. What do we do here at the church? What we do here at the church is we do full immersion believer baptism, which is what? It's a great question. We're going to spend the rest of the time talking about that. The short version is we dunk people in the name of Jesus, okay? You may have done this to sixth graders your whole life. You know, just in Jesus' name come out different than you were when you went in. That's, that was me as a youth pastor, right? No, uh, we, we dunk people in the name of Jesus. Does that seem weird? Maybe a little bit. Okay, that's all right. So why do we do it, and why in the world would you want to participate in it? That's what we're going to spend some time talking about today. The real quick answer to that is this. Baptism is three different things. It is a mark of a changed life. It is an announcement or proclamation of change. And it's an act of obedience. Believing in uh, adult believer baptism, it's these three things. A mark of a changed life, an announcement of change, and an act of obedience. So what was baptism in the past? Where did it come from? What, what's the history on it? What, why do we do this thing? Because it's kind of a weird thing if you don't know what the history of it is. Why was this church dedicate part of its... This is a baptismal in here. So this is basically a big hot tub doesn't have any water in it now, but when we have a baptism service, we fill it up with water on Friday, so it's nice and toasty warm for you by Sunday morning, and then we do our baptism in here. When this church was originally built, they didn't have any room for the baptismal, <clears throat> because it was just this room. The baptismal was downstairs underneath where Andy is, actually underneath that window. as a big concrete thing that has since been chipped away and blasted out for storage space, but that's, that's where we, they did baptisms here originally. I was baptized the first time. Uh, in a above-ground pool when I was seven years old at a, friend, at a person in the church's house because we were a church plant, and there was no baptismal because we were meeting in a hotel. Uh, and it was like, okay, well, what do we do? Let's go have a party at somebody's house and baptize people in, in the above-ground pool. Great opportunity. I've been a part of, when I went to Israel with my dad when I was a senior in high school, he had the opportunity to baptize some of the people on the trip in the Jordan River. That was really cool as well. Uh, so baptismal happens all kinds of different places. But what is it? Where did it come from? This is odd. Why are you dunking people in church? I'll tell you. 
It comes, it's very ancient. Like, we're talking first couple chapters of the Bible ancient. If you think about the story or the, the, the narrative of Noah, Noah and the ark, well, we think about the saving of the animals. We think about the start of, of life all over again. But what is it? There is sin on the earth. God says, I can't handle all this sin anymore. We're going to start all over. We're going to hit the Control-Alt-Delete button and reboot it. Noah, get on a boat. Rains come, and it, all the junk is washed away. And out of the water springs new life. And so if you... From the very beginning, almost the very beginning of civilization, you start to figure out how God works through baptism is out of junk, God washes away the old and brings new life in. And at the very heart of what baptism is, is the washing away of the old and the bringing to life of the new. If you fast forward a couple thousand years to the story of Exodus, the narrative of Exodus, which we talked about a lot last week in Communion, it's the same story. What happens in Exodus 12 is the covering of the people. The angel of death comes by. Firstborn of everything passes away. The Jewish people are covered by the blood of the lamb, which is this communion idea. And the blood of the lamb covers them, and then they leave. So they are saved in this moment, and then they leave. Well, what's the first obstacle they hit is a huge red sea. They run into this huge body of water, and the people are like, oh, we're going to die. Because there's a huge feral army with chariots and all mad people because they just lost all their firstborn sons. They are coming with a vengeance. And they're pressing them against the Red Sea. And what God does is part the Red Sea. The people of Israel go from a place of slavery, go from a place of oppression, go from a place of death. They pass through the water, through the, uh, through the Red Sea. It comes back. And they pass through the water in this community baptism where they go from a place of death in Egypt to a place of promise and life and the journey with God. Do you see how that looks? That's, I mean, this is, we're talking ancient, 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 ancient process. You fast forward again to the time of Jesus. And there's some stuff in the prophets as well about baptism. But you, you fast forward to the time of Jesus, a couple more thousand years. And you get this idea of baptism as this form of repentance. John the Baptist, who is pre-Jesus just by a little bit, but he's teaching out in the desert as a, as a rabbi slash prophet. He's, he's teaching out there and calling people to this idea of repentance. You need to change your life is what he's saying. You guys are screwing this all up. Let's change your life. And as a marker of changing your life, get baptized. Now he's hanging around probably the Jordan River and at different stages of the year the Jordan River is the size of the DuPage River and at other size it's like a trickle um, and it could be the same spot in the river at the different points of the year whether it's rained or whether it's not. Um, it's just the way it goes. So they're finding water and they're baptizing. It's very interesting about this ancient like Jesus time period baptism is think about this moment. You don't have Facebook, Instagram, TV, cable news. Thank you, Jesus. You don't have anything like this going on. You have no entertainment of all. You can't go watch Wonder Woman. You can't do, you can't do these things, especially if you're not one of a rich uh, Roman person. You can't go to the, uh, the Colosseum or you can't go to, um, to watch the chariot races or anything like that. You just can't afford those things. So what do you do with all of your time? Well, you'll work a lot. But when that's done... What do you do? 
There's not like really access to reading anything. And so people do community. That's what they do. They build their houses in such a way, they build their their neighborhoods in such a way that they can all come together in community. Now, that might be a nosy person's paradise, but it's also, you it also offers all these beautiful things where you, you do community. Hey, kid, I know your mama. Quit doing that, right? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, you need help with that? Okay, I'll help you. It's this idea of community. My neighborhood is, um, is built on a big circle, and we, I live on a cul-de-sac of, this, of this, um, this neighborhood. And we're starting to cultivate this, this idea of community, especially within three or four houses of us. Uh, my neighbors really uh, helped along with this because they put a pool in the backyard, so they became very popular really quickly. Um, but so then they are flanked by my kids and by like 86 kids that live at the Salkis' house. And they're all, we're all around the same ages. And so there's a thoroughfare back and forth, back and forth, back and forth at these houses. And so it, if you're in our backyard, hey, what are you doing? Quit waving the pointy stick at your eyes, okay? And then the same thing's happening across the, the, the circle. And then we just keep on going back and forth, back and forth. And we always say, if you get hurt, run to the Gladys house because she's got the, you know, the master's of <laughs> nurse practitioner and her husband is an EMT. So it's like, if it's really, you just, you just go there. Dad's going to say, hey, go see Troy anyway. So just go there. Um, but we've got this community-type feel starting to, to grow, which is really beautiful. Kelly and I have been talking about it a lot lately. It's exciting. It's like you never know who's going to knock on the back sliding glass door of your, your house. What's going on? Oh, it's Linda. Hi, how you doing? Um, because we're, we've got each other's eye on each other, and it's this community starting to, to build. Now, that's very rare in people's lives, right? And in February, we won't have that community because it's cold. Uh, but... But it's, it's very rare to have that, but it's beautiful to start seeing. That's, that's an oddity in our present world. But back then, that is the norm, that you're all up in people's business. Everybody's sleeping on the roofs of their house so they can catch a breeze. Right? You know who snores and who doesn't. I say all that for this reason. When a prophet comes to town and he starts preaching about repentance... It says, hey, you need to change your ways because you guys are messed up and this, why, this, 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 and this. And people start to say, you know what? I want to live a different kind of life. And they participate in this John the Baptist kind of baptism. Everyone is watching. So if Perry goes and gets baptized, everybody that knows him, everybody that buys things from him, everybody that employs him, everybody that, 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 you know, that serves him dinner goes, hey, Perry wanted to be a different guy. Why is he still swindling me on this one thing? Right? Or... You know, how, how do I help him in that? And so it's this public declaration of, I want to live a changed life. You know, that's, that's what's going on there. And so when Jesus is, is telling his disciples to go baptize people, he's saying, hey, call them into this repentance idea. If they're going to believe in who I am, call them into this repentance idea so the whole community knows and sees it. We have built such an individualistic faith. We can read our own Bible. We can pray by ourselves. We can do all these different things. We don't need even a priest to hear our confession. We do it all, I do it all by myself. But when you stick baptism in there, baptism is this hallmark. It is this pillar saying, I need community help. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we're like, we're kind of resistant to seeing baptism or doing baptism ourselves, because I want to do it by myself. Except this faith that we ascribe to is such a community-driven faith. When Jesus calls 
And when somebody says, who, who, what should I do to be saved? The answer is believe and be baptized. And those of you who believe won't be condemned. I'm paraphrasing. I'll read it later. But this idea is being baptized isn't necessary for salvation, but it's the proper order. Believe and be baptized. Be baptized. Why? Because you're doing this inward work of believing in Christ. But now you're doing this outward because I need help doing this thing. I want to let my community, I want to let my family know that I want to live a different kind of life. And you're stepping into that. That's what baptism is. The word uh, baptism in Greek is baptizo. To immerse or to plunge. To immerse or to plunge. I love that that's what the word means. So when you participate in baptism, you are plunging in to all that God has for you. You are plunging into this new life. Like, think about that. There's a, you can search a bunch of YouTube videos of kids getting very excited about, um, and I should have had this up this morning, I didn't, kids getting very excited about being baptized and just doing cannonballs off the, into the baptism. They're not being disrespectful. They're just excited about the whole process. There's another YouTube video of a, of a kid, the pastor's talking too long. Wouldn't know anything about that. Pastor's getting too long, and he just baptizes himself. He's like, okay, let's get this over with. Let's do this, because they're excited about it. I love this. And that's the idea of baptizo, to plunge in, to immerse, to jump in. <laughs> if you participate in baptism here at our church, or in believers of baptism, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you go into the water, and then you come out of the water. This is all to symbolize you going into the water with your old self, the old junk, the way you used to be, and coming out a new creation in Christ. And it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful moment because we know each other's stories, right? We know where we've been. And baptism is, is one of these times in which we get to know people at a whole lot, different level. That you want to change, that you want to be different, that you want to have a different kind of life. I was working at a church uh, with Jimmy as a youth pastor, and it was a big church, and we didn't have a baptism. We, a baptism, we, were, uh, we had to rent three above-ground pools for baptism Sunday because we didn't know what to do. And so we were baptizing 150 people in one day. So there's three baptismals because the one pastor baptizing 150 people one day is going to throw his back out. That was what's going to happen. And so we have um, the youth pastor in one, you got the, the music pastor in another, and you got the senior pastor in another. Of course, every, no one wanted me to baptize them. They all wanted to go to the senior pastor, but you kind of just uh, worked the, the way around. And so we had a guy with a PA system in the middle, and everyone who's getting baptized wrote their story on a card. And so over and over again, we're hearing these stories over the, over the PA. So-and-so, blah, 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 blah was addicted to drugs and wants to give their life to Christ, and they want to show in obedience here. Boom. Boom. And for the first, like, 20 people, I'm going, okay, when am I supposed to go? I'm all into the mechanics of the day, because this is weird. Like, baptizing that many people in one day is, is weird. And I don't say that to say, whoo, we were so great. It was, it's for this next part that I say that, okay? After about 20 people, the mechanics went away, and the sheer celebration of story after story after story after story, and then you're getting tired, and then you're done. 
Oh, no, there's more people. Oh, there's more people. And then there's people who are like in the crowd going, I want this too. And they're running up to the booth, writing their story on a card, handing it in. They don't have the special T-shirt. They didn't bring the right clothes. They don't care. They just want to be baptized and participate in the story of redemption, of redemption, of redemption, of redemption. And it was beautiful. It's one of those moments um, that will always be etched in my life. And it changed the way in which I view baptism forever. Because it became not just this thing that we do when you reach like level three Christianity, which is, I mean, I grew up in the church. That's what it kind of feels like. Oh, well, when I get really holy, I'll go get baptized. No, 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 no. It's like, no, I want my story to be proclaimed to be different. I want something to change. I want something. It's an inward thing. I've chosen to follow Christ, but you know what? It's time for me to proclaim that, that I need to step into the community to be living a different kind of life. Uh, maybe you grew up in a different kind of tradition uh, for baptism. In the Catholic Church, baptism is an infant baptism, and it's a, it's a sacrament. So grace is applied uh, to you as you are a baby and you're getting baptized. And this, is, uh, this came out of a beautiful, beautiful heart. The more I understand uh, where things came from um, and why they came from, uh, from these different areas, um, I, I just get very interested in it because um, in the Catholic Church, you're baptized as an infant. Now, to me, looking back, I'm like, why would you do that? I believe in a believer's baptism. The baby can't believe. What's going on there? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked why you do that. Um, but what happened is, if you think about the time period in which believer's baptism starts to happen, it comes out of this heart of bringing mercy and compassion to parents. Because if Infant baptism is instilling grace. It's getting rid of original sin is what its, its function is, is to, to redeem the baby from original sin, from the Adam and Eve sin uh, thing. Think about the infant mortality rates of 400 AD, of 500 AD, of 600 AD. And so I'm trying to bring compassion to Paul because your baby might die in the next day because we have no idea. It's like a one in three chance that your baby is going to live. But now I can say to you, and I can look in your eyes, your baby's going to go to heaven. Because it washed away those sins. And that's where it, where it comes from. Now, there's all kinds of theological stuff going on there. I'm, I'm boiling it down just brutally right now. But, but that's a beautiful way of, of compassion to think about that. We, we miss that. It becomes like, oh, it's a party with our family and all, all these other things that maybe you, you attribute to it. But at the bare bones is, I want this kid to be saved. Like That's, that's the bare bones of the, the idea and I think there's, there's some beauty in that. That's not what we practice here. And if you've been baptized as an infant, I'm not like invalidating your, your baptism or putting you down in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I just think you could be baptized as an adult as well when it's your own decision. Um, but it's, I, w- I want you to think about that um, a little bit as we think about the traditions we, we came from. And I think it's beautiful to, to think of those things. Because if you look at my own family, uh, I would have lost Kelly... And I would have lost the twins. And, and we, it was a very uneventful C-section. It was a very uneventful surgery. But I would have lost my whole family. Like my life would have been drastically different if I lived at 700 AD, right? But to know that if it, my, my babies would have, would have been okay and have been covered, that would have offered so much peace uh, to me. So baptism, infant baptism kind of, kind of morphs into this way of bringing peace and security to, to families that are hurting. Because there's... I mean, that's, that's hurting, right? And so that's, that's where that comes from. And maybe that helps you in understanding, well, why did that happen? Or why do they do different? Um, and it's, if you grew up in a Methodist, Lutheran, or Anglican church, uh, 
baptism takes on a little bit different role as well. It kind of takes the role of what circumcision was for Jewish people. It's this idea of belonging into the family. If you are baptized in these mainline uh, Protestant churches, you are belonging to the family. Circumcision was this idea of now, son, you are a part of the community of God. You are part of the people. You are part of Judaism. You are a part. They can't ever take that away from you. You are a part of us. And uh, baptism becomes that in these mainline Protestant Christian, uh, Christian traditions of saying now you are a part of this. Um, and so that's, that's why they do baptism a little differently. We do something different than all of that in regards to these infant ideas, to the child ideas. We do a baby or child dedication. There's nothing magical in a, in a, uh, or grace-filled or anything about a child or baby dedication except for this. We bring a child up on stage and a family on stage, and I get to hold the baby, and we pray over it, but we also ask for some promises. We take some vows that we will walk with those parents through the child-rearing of that kid. We, pr- we promise to be part of the walk. We promise to be part of the community with that kid, with that child. And so it doesn't matter if the kid's 11 years old or, or two months old. That's the promise of that. And that's for the parents. That kind of fills the need of this place of belonging from the Methodist churches or this place of, um, of peace that we, we see happening in the Catholic churches. And so that's not a, um, a sacrament for us. Uh, if your kid's not been dedicated, you're like, is he, what, what's going on? It, no, no theological problem there. We're just, we make it a thing to be a promise that we're going to walk with you through it all. We're going to walk with you when they're a three-year-old and they need a smack upside the head. And we're going to walk with you when they're a 13-year-old and they really need a smack upside the head, okay? We're going to be there with you to hide, to be with your heart and to hold you and also to hold their heart. Because there's something gorgeous and beautiful about knowing that another man or another woman can speak into my child's life when they've kind of closed their ears to my voice. So that's what that's about and beautiful and gorgeous. And um, But so... That's why we don't do infant baptism, because we do child dedication. So it's doing those things. Hopefully that's helpful to you. Um, So what is baptism to us, to this church? Baptism is a mark of a changed life. Baptism is a mark of a changed life. Baptism is a declaration for change to those around you. It's a real-life experience, a moment on the calendar you can point back to and say, I was baptized on this Day And I remember what it felt like. I remember what it was. Because life throws us curveballs. It gets exciting. It gets hard. And it gets depressing. But I can always point back to this day. I was baptized on that day. And the old of me passed away. And the new me came. And that's, it's one of the, so, why it's so, so, so important. It's a place on fixed time where you share the experience with others. You share the experience with your loved ones. You share the experience with your community. As we find in Acts, which is the history book of the early church, as we find in Acts, uh, people are being baptized, and then their whole families are getting baptized with them. So the leader of the house, uh, man or woman, is getting baptized, and in the next verse, and their whole household jumped in with them, which is this act of community to say, yes, you are repenting, and we're all repenting and changing with you. Now think about this, if you lived in the city of Ephesus or Corinth where your whole economy is built up on pagan worship, right? This is a big deal. You are in the community. You're jumping in the river or the ocean or wherever you're going and saying, well, we're going to be different. We're not going to serve those gods anymore. We're not going to do that thing anymore. And everyone who buys things from you is going, what does that mean for me? 
right? And so there's this, there's this jumping out on a ledge kind of saying, I want to be different. I'm going to be repenting of this. I'm going to be changing my life. Now, I've been saying this word repenting a lot. What does that mean? It means changing your behavior. If sin, the word sin, the word sin means to miss the mark, right? It's an arching term, archery term. If you shoot it and you miss the bullseye, well, are we going to continue to miss the bullseye over and over and over again? Well, it, if that's what you want to do. But generally, you want to adjust your aim so that you don't miss any more. I've been teaching my son how to shoot a bow and arrow, which is a very exciting and dangerous proposition. But I've been teaching him how to do this. But we want to continue to readjust, readjust, readjust. The repentance is the we are turning, we're changing, we're moving the way in which we're doing it. And so this call to repentance means we got to change that. In our own lives, we, we have to change our behavior so we get better, so we hit the mark instead of miss the mark. Baptism is an announcement of change. Baptism is a clear announcement of a change in your life. It's the death of the old and the coming of the new. It's a beautiful object lesson of you going under the water and coming out, the old going under, the new rising above. That sin is washed away, and you come up clean. You think about this idea. Now, we are not that scared of water. Most of us have had some sort of swim lessons. We've been around water enough in our life. But think about a people, a whole, like all people, who don't know how to swim. They're scared to death of water. People don't take baths, right? Especially if you're in Israel, you don't waste water on that kind of stuff. You drink water and that's it. It keeps your animals alive. If they were in the desert, you don't just jump into it and pollute it. The idea that you would participate in this, this very fearful thing that's going to wash away your old, the old self and bring the new self. Think about that. It has more ramifications than us who grow up, you know, going to the local Y and in the pool. This is drastically different. Acts 22, 16 says this, and now what you're, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on his name. Colossians 2, 12, which is a letter to the church of Colossae. Having been buried in him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. It's this idea that when you go into the water, you're buried just like Christ was when he died on the cross and all your stuff is put in the ground or put into the water and disseminated. And when you come out of the water, you are clean. You are a new creation. You rise above that. It's a beautiful, beautiful announcement of change. Baptism is an act of obedience. We are told to repent and be baptized. Mark 16, 16. This is Jesus talking. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. What must I do to be saved? Jesus answers, repent, be baptized, believe, be baptized. Change your ways. Switch it. Why is this important? Because repentance is the changing in the way way in which we do things. Repentance is, I've come in contact with the love of God, and I'm changing who I am and how I operate. My standard operating procedure will forever be different 
because I've come in contact with God. And baptism is the proclamation of that saying, I've come in contact with God's love, his mercy and his grace, and I want to be different. And it asks two things, or it says two things. I'm going to be different. And the second one is, I'm going to need help. I'm, I'm going to be different, and I'm going to need help. Because if you deal with us as prideful Americans, I can do it myself. Well, you just cut your finger off. Yes, but I did it myself. You know, if you would have had somebody helping you, you would still have all your digits. I did it myself. It's a big thing, right? It's, it's, we like to be self-sufficient. There's a humility in being baptized. To saying, you know what? I've been struggling by myself for long enough. I need to step into the community. I need to step into the help. I want you all to know that I am a changed life. It's important for... I think for grandparents, for parents, to be baptized, to set that legacy. Steve Mock, one of the elders of the church, had never been baptized, and uh, we baptized him a year or two ago here at the church. And it's this beautiful story because I, I, I had these plans of, hey, baptism is going to be April 7th, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, um, he starts really acting really weird. I'm like, what's the problem with April 7th? Is, there, is that a bad day for you? Or, you know, what, you're planning to be sick? You know, what's going on? April 7th. He's like, well, Jared, my, my daughter's going to be in town the next week. Could we, could we do that? And I'm like, well, I got my Easter issues and all this stuff. And I, I, I'm thinking logistically, no, it doesn't work for me. April 7th is the day, Steve. And then I, and he's looking at me, and I see him. I actually looked him in the eye, and he's got a tear in his eye. And he's like, my, my daughter's... And I didn't say anything. All those arguments are internal, by the way. Um, there's a lot that goes on in here. Uh, a lot of voices. Um, so <laughs> I like the people that know me the best are laughing the hardest on that one. Um, and, and, I, and I looked at him in the eye, and I saw a tear in his eye. I said, my daughter's going to be here like April 14th. So, yeah, we can do it that day. It doesn't fit with my schedule. I don't care. Because what he wanted to do was pass on the legacy. He wanted to show his kids, your daddy is getting baptized. Your grandpa is getting baptized. Your grandpa has submitted his life to Christ and is going to walk different from now on. Isn't that powerful and beautiful? So who cares what the schedule is? We'll baptize whenever we want. So um, I, Jared learned some lessons in that moment, but let's be open to that. Because look, it leaves an, a legacy whether you're seven years old and getting baptized, you're, you're shouting from the rooftops, I am going to be different from this moment and I need help. Whether you're 30, I'm going to be different and I'm going to need help. Whether you're 65, I'm going to be different and I'm going to need help. Repent and be baptized. So how does it all work here? You may have questions. Good questions. If you're baptized as a child, can you get baptized again as an adult? Yes. Can you get baptized twice in one year? Yes. If you want to get baptized every week, we're going to start asking some questions. Okay. Just, we're not paying your water bill for your, uh, for your baths. Um, sorry. But we're going to start asking questions. Why do you feel like you need to be baptized over and over again? What's, what's going on there? Because you not, not, might not be understanding the idea of what God's doing for your life is, is really what the, the point of that would be. But, um, but if you need to be baptized, 
You need to be baptized. Because baptism is stepping into that moment. I want to live a different life, and I'm going to need some help. Okay? That's what it's stepping into. So can you be baptized again? Some of us have those feelings like, I was baptized as an infant. I don't need to be baptized again. Okay. But I'm talking legacy here. I'm talking the object lesson, not just to yourself, but also to your community, which also means your family. It means changing your story. Why should you be baptized? If you've never been baptized, you should be for your family, for your community, and most importantly, for you and your walk with God. Because being baptized is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a mark. It's a changing. I remember I had the honor of baptizing Kelly. Uh, I remember that moment because Kelly grew up in a church. My wife grew up in a church tradition that didn't baptize. They don't take communion either. She grew up Quaker. Now, she's not like the Quaker Oats person. It's not the thing. Um, it's totally different. But everybody's like, well, Kelly was Amish? No, Kelly was not Amish. Uh, it's just it's just Quaker. You all thought it. Uh, so, um, so that was going on. But I had the honor uh, of baptizing her. Now, did she feel like theologically for a long time in her life she didn't need to be baptized because she, she prescribed to the Quaker thought in that? Um, yes, and that was beautiful and it was okay for her. And then came the moment she goes, you know what? I want to be baptized. I want to have this legacy. I want to proclaim I'm going to be different and I'm going to need help. And so I had the honor of doing that. When should you be baptized? As soon as possible. If you let us know by Friday, you can have warm water. If you tell us on Saturday night, you're going to have cold water. Uh, <laughs> just, just saying, I prefer you get it Friday because i got to be in there with you. Uh, I'll get Steve from Mindy's waiters and just do that. Uh, so, but, but as soon as possible, because there's no timetable on it, it's okay. We make it in such a big deal. And I'll tell you this. You tell me to this morning, or you're battling in your head, maybe I want to get baptized. Maybe I, I want to be a, have this mark of, of I'm going to be different and I'm going to need some help. And you're sitting there right now going, oh, but I really want Aunt so-and-so to be there, and I want my uncle here to do this. You know, there's this beautiful thing called a video camera, and they can watch it. I'm, I'm serious. Don't let yourself talk yourself, don't talk yourself out of this beautiful, beautiful thing. Because the perfect time will never arise. The perfect time will never, never, ever, ever actually be there. All the stars won't line for it to happen. But uh, you know what? We got video cameras everywhere. We can do this. Don't be paranoid. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I came out wrong. I apologize. <laughs> but when should you be baptized? As soon as possible. If you want to be baptized, let us know on the connection card. Say, Jared, I'm really, I want to know more about baptism. Can we, can we talk more about it? Um, if you say you want to know more about baptism, I'm probably just going to repeat this message to you uh, just to let you know. Uh, but uh, that's, but well, I would love, 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 love to talk to you about that because it's this beautiful, beautiful idea. So I want to be different and I'm going to need help. I want you to think about your faith journey. And do you feel like you've been, you need to be baptized? Is it an example that you want to set forward for your kids, your grandchildren? Maybe even an example for your parents. Is it time for a declaration that you have changed and you want to live differently? This morning, um, we've talked a lot about the act of baptism, assuming a lot that you've already come in contact with God. Baptism is this example. It is this object lesson of what Jesus does in our lives, that he takes the old of us and sets us as a new creation. 
He says, you know what? I know, I know you've got some stuff. I know you've got some junk. I know, I know you've failed. I know you've got problems. And I love you in spite and through all of those. And I don't want to leave you there anymore. And if you'll submit your life to me, if you'll say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life, I will make you a new creation. And that is something that, that happens internally in us. And baptism is the outward explosion of that. So that's, that's why we've been talking about this so much today. It's because we're, I am thrilled and excited and enamored with the idea of life changing people. To watch people go from, I once was this, to now I'm this. And the only thing that's different is Jesus. And that's what baptism says. I once was this, but now I'm this. I once was addicted to this. I once was greedy. I once was selfish. I once was a liar. I once was an abuser. I once was an alcoholic. But Jesus entered my life, and now I'm this, and I'm striving towards that goal instead of who I was. I'm going to be different, but I'm going to need some help. That's what baptism is. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for this morning. Thank you for the gift of baptism. And Lord, I hope we've brought some understanding to what we, what we believe in baptism this morning. And we participate in this journey together. That we're not alone in this Christian walk. That we get to walk together with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. That we're building a community here. God, we love you. And right now, if We've been struggling with life. We've been struggling with who we are. We've been struggling with the idea of, of our stuff. Maybe our past has been haunting us. Maybe our past keeps on rearing its ugly head and, and tearing us down, and we keep on reliving the mistakes of our past. Right here, right now, in this moment, we want to submit our lives to you. Say, so Jesus, take away my past. That I'm no longer defined by those memories. I'm no longer defined by those those past mistakes, but I am set free and a new creation in your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed.